don't talk too much. Just talk a little bit. You don't eat much, you don't talk much. <laughs> I'm just listening. This is the Just Listening Podcast with pizza artist Eric John. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. This is Just Listening. I'm Eric John. Before we get into it, I've got to tell you, of course, about the best artisan soda in the entire world, Yacht Club Soda. Go to yachtclubsoda.com today and check out all the amazing flavors. I've, I've been through them a bunch of times, but I'm going to tell you about them again because there's so many. It's amazing. It's grape. They've got strawberry, pineapple. They've got grapefruit. They've got cream, orange cream, lemon lime, blue raspberry, root beer. The list goes on and on. It really is the best. Um, we, we sell this stuff in my pizza shop, um, and it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. Uh, they use only pure cane sugar in the product. Um, it's all natural. Uh, it's 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 fantastic, and it tastes incredible. And it comes in glass bottles, which I don't know if you if you haven't had soda out of a glass bottle um, in your life, you you're not living. So go to yachtclubsoda.com today. Order some for yourself. You can mix and match. You can get whatever you want. John Scambato will send it right to you. So go to yachtclubsoda.com today. Okay, on the show today, we've got a very special guest here, um, especially for all my uh, listeners in the NFT community and the crypto community. Uh, Vangeli Galekis uh, is joining me today, also uh, more popularly known as uh, NFT Freaks. Um, I-, I got to know uh, V, as he's known to many, um, a couple of years ago, actually, when I first got into the space, I, I-, I started listening to his Twitter spaces because I was trying to learn about, you know, what is NFT and uh, and you know what's the best way to approach it as an artist? Uh, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a ton from from uh, Vangeli, and um, he's really smart when it comes to this stuff. Um, and he's got a lot of really great insights. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk to him, sort of you know about uh, NFTs. You know we're kind of in a in a bit of a bear market right now for for NFTs and crypto, and um, and a lot's been happening in the space lately. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to him, um, about all of that stuff. So Vangeli V freaks, welcome to the show. What's up, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a pleasure to be here with the Eric John. Yeah, man. I kind of feel like the, I feel like the tables are kind of turned, man. I was, you know, in the intro, I was saying how, uh, you know, I first discovered you in your spaces back when this is like, you know, May of. 2021 seems like an eternity ago uh, when you were you know doing your NFT spaces and I I actually think that at the time I think spaces on Twitter were brand new um, you know and and yours was one of the first ones I found and um, man dude I, I you know I said how much I've just I've learned so much from you about NFTs and about you know putting together an art program and all that stuff um, so I'm really psyched that you're, you're coming on my show and we're talking about this stuff, dude. I want to jump right into it and, um, you know, I don't want to bury the lead here. Um, what, what, what is your, what do you think happened with NFTs? Cause obviously there was a huge boom. Everybody was in on it. Celebrities, Jimmy Fallon's Reese Witherspoon's, everybody was in on it. And then it just like the, the, the bottom just fell out and it fell out hard. Why do you think that happened? 
you know, first of all, I appreciate you having me and I appreciate the compliments. And I'm always going to be somebody that tries the new stuff first and tries to get my hands on it first to figure out how useful it is for me and my community or anybody else that surrounds me, that supports me. Because the intention with Freaks and myself is I'm a toolbox to help other people grow. So it's 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 with great pleasure that you give me those compliments because that, that validates my existence. And what I believe is happening with NFTs, it's it's nothing that we haven't seen with electric cars, right? I mean, you're old enough to remember when gasoline was fighting the electric sector and, you know, where, where um, alcohol's fighting the tobacco companies and they're spending all the money so you don't go this way or that way. But it's inevitable. With technology, it's an, it's, it's an in, inevitable thing that just happens with us. It's like processors and RAM and all of these things, VoIP. You remember VoIP, voice over IP. I mean, these were phone lines that some people had, some people didn't. Now you go to offices, it's the number one solution, VoIP, because there's no reason to pay into a landline of any sort. So technology like NFT, if you follow it, even with DVDs, you know, anything that's kind of groundbreaking, taking you from the Walkman, Discman, all the way to MP3s and LimeWire, where some people respected it, some didn't. Now everybody has an MP3. Now people have MP3 players. We're so early throwing around something that had gravitated and captured the world so quickly that people picked it up, they misused it, they put it back down. There will be another crowd to use it again. They will misuse it. They will put it down. But through these cycles, you'll end up finding somebody like an Anheuser-Busch that sticks around with the brewing and ends up creating a mega unicorn called Bud Light, Budweiser. I mean, you know Anheuser-Busch. These companies that stick around, even raw with the rolling papers in a industry where many people were against the legalization of marijuana, and now it's almost as if everybody's just waiting for it to pop up. CBD is another one. Started off with the oils. We've seen these technologies. We've seen these advancements for years. The question is, when does mass adoption really happen, and when does it stick? What we're catching right now are glimpses, waves of fun. Um, When hoverboards come out, When um, flying cars come out, these things will be misused and used and there will be high price purchases, but eventually it becomes a daily, it, it becomes a daily part of our lives. People are traveling in Teslas. People are traveling in hybrid cars using flexi fuel. People are doing um, advancements in CBD and marijuana. These technologies or these advancements in Mankind or, or, or our society are not going to be left. They're going to be advanced. And so that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a pickup usage droppage, and it'll be picked up again and again and again and it'll t- until it becomes a daily way of life. And that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, for, I, think, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. And the, the thing that comes to mind when you talk about that to me is is the smartphone right so if you think about it and and i i really i don't think i really realized this until just now as i was thinking about it but there were so many predecessors to the sort of modern day there are contemporary cell phones right and they're not even really cell phones anymore they're they're handheld computers and all these different things but i mean you my my mom had had one of the first car phones like i remember this as a kid it was, it was a phone that was mounted uh, to the to the car itself, um, 
And you know what's really kind of wild about that too is she had this. She has the same cell phone number today. Um, it's, it's the same number she had when she had her car phone. So it's almost like the phone number um, is kind of like your wallet code where like no matter what technology comes or what comes along or what goes away that the thing that's consistent is that wallet code like that's not going anywhere it's just going to be adopted by whatever new technology comes along right so you had the car phone then you had sort of the the you had uh, early cell phones and blackberries and pagers even pagers were sort of like a predecessor to the cell phone right and then you know the blackberry was kind of went away um, but like the, the iPhone, like the first iPhone with a touchscreen was actually very similar to what the BlackBerry was. It just, you know, the BlackBerry wasn't user friendly enough, right, to be to, to have that mass adoption like you're talking about. And I always kind of felt like with NFTs uh, during this last bull run, um, you know, that that it it it's not user friendly enough yet for the average everyday person to use it effectively. Um so I think you're right. I think I think that makes a lot of sense about the you know people are picking it up, they're putting it back down. People will make improvements. People will pick it back up, try it again, play with it. Uh, we're not quite ready for it yet. Put it back down, um, and so on and, and so forth. Um, do you think that uh, on top of that, as far as artists and creators go, and and even people who aren't artists per se, but they're they're creators of NFTs and NFT collections. Do you think that a lot of them just, um, you know, they, they they don't really understand yet how and why NFT is different than sort of your the real world collectibles that we're used to? A million percent. And, and again, it goes back to it goes back to the advancement of technology It, it for a lot of us in this world. We wait for certain people of certain stature to explain it to us before we say, oh, wow, it's because they capture our attention span that's so small for everybody else a lot longer than the regular person. And so, again, when, when artists are using a medium, when musicians figure out a microphone, I mean, we're so early, Eric, let me explain it like this. There are mom and dads and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas who have still yet to buy their first piece of crypto. But yet crypto's been around. And so there were early users at $100 a coin of Bitcoin. Those people are going to be your multimillionaires, billionaires who have held that long. And those people were in this conversation that we are in right now. And they are living in the future at a 30K level, 60K level. People with computers who were first doing the motherboard, Steve Waz, they're living a lot longer in the computer sector niche versus... And so that's where we're at. We're at this part where nobody understands it. Everybody's having fun. Artists are getting confused because they're passionate about their paintings and their markers and their 3D and 2D. Creators are ready because they see a different game where they can play a gamified collection or play a the meme culture or you know be able to play with gifts and and be able to attack certain causes and reasons of existence where they become certain digital 
army leaders of a cause, right? Like we could put together a breast cancer awareness collection and just create things in memory of people with breast cancer and survivors and people who have, they would gravitate to it. That's not an artist thing. It's a creator cause army digital rally. And so what we are seeing is we're trying to put tons of people in a room that stand for a tons of different reasons. When I say sweets to you, do you know how far sweets go? I mean, I know you do, but even when oh, I say yeah, pizza, how far pizza goes, right? There's deep dish, there's, and so you can't put pizza lovers in a room and try to discuss that a pan or a Chicago deep dish, you can't, you're not, I don't believe you can rest on one final cause that says this is how pizza should be eaten. But see, that's what's the joy about having pizza, burgers, barbecue, all of this stuff, cars, it's variety. It means that you might want the power or you might want the beauty. You might want a sports car, but you might want a truck. But the idea of putting car makers in a box and saying, no, everything has to have two seats. Everything has to go fast. Everything has to do this. That would be crazy. And so when we come in the NFT space with the same type of variety, being offered as chefs, restaurants, right? Um, uh, musicians who grab microphones. You can take a guitar, you can have country, you can have rock, you can have alternative. Imagine how ridiculous now that you know these things, you would put people in one room and say, only sing country on that microphone and don't do anything else. You wouldn't have interviews, you wouldn't have people to do. There are so many use cases to the three letters NFT that when we say, does this crowd understand it or not? Maybe they don't understand it to the what you use the microphone for. But does that mean that they're wrong for putting the microphone next to their drum set and amplifying the drum sound? Not at all, even though you would think you should use your voice. And I think what we need to look at is that specifically is saying that we're okay with people who want to try different foods and make them anyway. We're okay with people making their own forms of alcohol and drinks. Hell, we're even okay with how people smoke their own stuff or how they go to bed. But then when we come into spaces like NFT, imagine going to the movies and telling directors, no VFX, everybody just do it like this. Because people who come to the movies love a great love story. And somebody looks at you who does horror and says, they love horror too. And we say, oh, no way, families are coming. Well, look, man. That's what we that's where we are at right now. And the only people that I believe win in the music world, in the movie world, in the car world are the people that go against the grain of the negative feedback. And what negative feedback is, is anything that goes against what you believe in. Because I firmly believe, Eric, that whatever you believe, there's a crowd who will agree with you. But if you go settling for the disagreement crowd, that's where I think you go wrong, man. And I yeah, think man. that's what I, I, I that think makes, that's that what we spend all of our me, man. and I think that's what we spend all of our time doing. At least yes. me. Yeah, sure. I'm trying to rally a aggressive, no bullshit culture. Straight to the gritty, grang, bang, bang. Does it make sense with the C and the S or does it not? And I believe NFT Freaks does such a great job, me, myself, because this is who I am really, 
of doing just that. It's not going to be anything that's a facade if we can help it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the most valuable things that, that you've offered in, you know, and if I were to put all of your Twitter spaces together and all of your tweets and put them all together, I feel like one of the biggest things that you've offered to people and that, that you've been very consistent in trying to explain is exactly how these marketplaces work and what makes things valuable and what gives things value and what the idea of a value proposition is, right? I, I have a lot of issues with, um, you know, with with Yuga Labs, for instance, like I think a lot of the ways that they did things are not the ways that I would do things. But the idea that a lot of the stuff they were doing is out of the norm is silly, quite frankly. I mean, let's look at just just what they did with uh, giving, you know, handing out a lot of their stuff to celebrities, apparently. Right. Which is apparently the story is that um, in a lot of cases, these celebrities weren't necessarily actually buying these things. They were they were gifting them to different celebrities and like this is how the game is played uh, if if leonardo dicaprio is caught on uh, on film you know and, uh, someone snaps a picture of him drinking a certain brand of jack daniels or something uh that's gonna make that particular brand of jack daniels more desirable that's just kind of the way it works in the aggregate um you know i um i remember uh, a, a friend of mine who was actually on the podcast uh kirk bazigian was a, is a marketing guru for hasbro for years he did you know gi joe he did um the, the wwf wrestling figures and all that stuff and he was telling me that like back in the day before he even got into it um these big toy companies you, what they would do is they would put their toys their new lines like the stuff that they wanted to sell at christmas time they would throw it into the big stores like FAO Schwartz and all that stuff, um, you know, over the summer. And then they'd have people go in and buy everything out. Right. So it, it would create this hype like, oh, look at this, this this new hot toy. It just sold out in, you know, in a matter of days uh, from all these big stores. So it would create all this buzz and it would create all these uh, orders for these toys and it would generate you know, demand uh, and hype for, you know, the, the kids would see the, the, the advertisements and, oh, man, I want to get one of these toys too. everyone buying them. And then the parents run out and they buy the toys. And before you know it, you have a multi-million dollar toy line. Right. But it all started from this manufactured hype that the creators of these toys were creating by, you know, buying the stuff themselves. So none of this stuff is new. Um, I don't like it because I think what ends up happening is, is that, um what you you see what happens like with with board apes right now right and, and a lot of the stuff it's it's the demand isn't real um and it's all based on hype so it's not solid so you see a huge boom and then you see a huge crash and then you know it'll settle somewhere around in the middle but talk a little bit about to people listening you know wh how a lot of nft artists are still clinging to this idea that their NFT, their digital artwork is valuable just because it looks cool and that it has nothing to do with who the artist is or any of the other sort of um, things that give something value. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, your explanation of the value proposition and what artists need to do to, to generate value, real, concrete, solid value for their work? Yeah, man, it's a great question. First of all, Yuga Labs is 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 controversial in many ways, but none of it matters for us as much as 
somebody doing something so big, so grand, so great, and still dropping the ball at only one thing that I care about. It's only one thing. They didn't have the one-of-one one artist from the community. And with that being said, I'm actually so excited that that never happened because it means that the throne is still for the taking, which means that we still have a lot of life in these cycles. The real true value proposition is reputation. You've seen it cancel culture at its fullest in 2023. Why? Because when you pull somebody's card with their reputation, it's worth all the marbles. It's simply like Sonic getting hit and all the coins falling out. And so what people do on social media, they can't wait to dig up and, and, and try to squeeze that reputation out of you, which then in return has you thinking about marketing dollars. Why are people spending marketing dollars online and telling you to find influencers? Why do people like <clears throat> Sly Fly McCartney get paid $600, $800 to run a skit or a promo for a company or a product or brand when they aren't your Leonardo DiCaprio's? And the reason why is because Social online reputation viewership has the bull by the horns. Listen, Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion because it's one of the hottest things in terms of running the world. News, headlines, buzz. You think that National Enquirer, you think that the tabloids were running things, paparazzi, you think uh, uh, Deep States, you think QAnon, you think those people were mixing it up? People who own social media platforms is like Ted Turner owning CNN before you found out how mainstream media works and so forth. And so with that being said, the manufactured hype that we've bought into our whole life has existed our whole life. Music companies are being, <clears throat> are being uh, leaked that they're buying and making the sales by creating this manufactured hype to get to number one on the Apple playlist. And then the fans come crawling in to carry that number one. And the competitors of those artists leak those bits of information because like a heist, they were left out of the cut. And so then they start spilling the beans, how the machines work. They start telling you about the manufactured hype. Then they start trying to ruin the credentials and reputation. And there we have it once again the reputation of what you are building online and harvesting and creating. The reason I'm on this interview is not because I'm Vangeli. It's not because of what I've done with e-commerce. It's not because I've been on the computer since I was 11 years old and amassed millions of downloads at an early age. It is simply because I've built up a network strong enough to, to grab the attention span that is short for everybody in this world. And if I can, if I can, Juggle that and hold that, then I'm valuable. Now, with that being said, <clears throat> NFT allows for people, regular individuals. You just said it. You know about manufactured hype. So do I. So instead of us waiting or trying to meet these people, you mean to tell me, me and you can manufacture the hype between us? 100%. That's where your art comes into play. The true value is when the holders understand, <clears throat> based off of the understanding, not the knowledge, because you can have knowledge and still not have understanding. The understanding of manufactured hype between personas and reputation, which then starts becoming a truthful thing. Because before I got here, nobody would understand that. Nobody would understand that Beeple has the power because of the social power he's amassed. Whether his name is Mike, Steve, George, John, 
I hate to break it to him. He's just Beeple to the real world. Minus the people that met him under Beeple when he was grinding as an artist. And those become your loyal collectors. They become part of your loyal manufactured hype. And it is manufactured. It's simply people who believe in your craft. But the proposition is that you're not willing to give up. You're willing to organize. You're willing to understand, not just know, but understand that social media clout, buzz, viewership, readership, whatever you want to call it today, is what runs the world. Here's what I mean. If you're an actor with 20 billion views on TikTok and you're a famous A-list actor with no social media, the one with 20 billion will get casted first and it's a proven fact. It's why Will Smith started Instagram. He said it himself. I'm losing my roles to the newer up-and-coming acts that cast live on social media. You know why, Eric? Because the networks and the majors and those manufactured hype companies that took care care of layer one. Let me explain layer one. Layer one is spotting the stardom in somebody like Michael Jackson, spotting the stardom in somebody like Michael Jordan. You know how risky it is to put your money in the people and not know if they'll amount to anything? Networks, TV stations, investors, people all over the world had to spot talent. It's called talent agencies. It's called talent shows. It's called many different ways that you would have to pay. Some parents would drive their their kids that are famous from Disney. They'd sleep in their car and they'd get their kid casted, but it was the power of their parents. All of that stops with social viewership. The talent casting call is happening online. It doesn't matter whether we're in the swimming sector, whether we're in the beer sector, whether we're in the hockey, baseball, basketball, you will find social media profiles, which, by the way, is free. Your Twitter's free. My Twitter's free. Instagram's free. They're all free to create. They've, they've manufactured their hype through regular individuals. The individuals are smart enough to carry it to the next level. In an NFT, you no longer have to take that as a verbal commitment. You take it as a token commitment, which means that even if me and you have problems, even if I never liked you because you hold that token and because we're on the blockchain and because we're believing in community, you're included and there's no way out. Because if there's a way out, the whole system's flawed. You understand? And so you got to be able, you got to be able to understand that before verbatim, handshakes, all of this stuff involved court, it doesn't. Ownership happens through a token. If I believe in you and your pizza craft, I simply purchase a token. There's no way I'm cut out of your future online through Web3 because you're preaching about these tokens. And so the value has to be established by figuring out how to drum up your own persona, whether it's because you're from the East Coast, whether it's because you're Democratic or Republic, whether it's because you're toxic or sexy, those are all different gimmicks, but when you find it and then you add the art part, you have the beginning of what we call a blue chip NFT artist. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot, you know, it, it's it's not to say that like amazing art in and of itself can't generate that value, but I think that what, you know, or or you know, 
I think maybe at most, if you have amazing art that's just mind blowing, you're going to grab eyeballs and you're going to grab some attention. But if, but if that's all there is, you're not going to keep those eyeballs for very long. You're not going to keep that attention for very long. You have to take that 3D art and you got to make it four dimensional, right? Well, you have well here's to, my question it, for you, real quick. Yeah, Let, let's let's go back and forth on this real quick because this is a big misconception. You said great art, fabulous art. That's true. But let me ask you one deal breaker. Whether it's the best art you've ever seen in your life, and I mean literally, we haven't met that yet, so just imagine that statement. The best art you've ever seen and witnessed in your life. What does it matter if the person doesn't log in again? So regardless, 3D, 4D, how you maintain, if you're not willing to log in and chase something that's already at the end of its ropes, quote unquote, that's what society's telling us, right? NFT's not hot, it's no longer. Don't you think that your daily activity, regardless, again, if it's life-changing art or not, the daily activity of chasing something that is barely in existence again matters more than anything you'll ever ask me about. So again, can you keep that daily activity up? It's cool if you drop it once, it's cool if you drop it five times, but can you maintain it for different seasons? Because if you can, well, that's just it. I mean, that's just it. Say. That's and that's what I mean by four D is that you you know it's 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 sort of similar to what you've said many times about the uh, the ten ten percent, right? Like yeah. the the value of your work and your NFT is ten per it's ten percent art, it's ten percent social power, it's ten yes. percent consistency, all that stuff. And I think that you know. It, especially with AI and how fast AI is, is growing, you know, and I, and I've said this before to, to, to other artists who have struggled because they're frustrated that, you know, they're doing really amazing work and, and they're doing it um, with a lot of high skill. And I think that what people need to understand when it comes to digital art, especially um, it, 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 at least if you want it to be a collectible is that, you know, I can go to an art festival, right? And I'm going to walk around the art festival and I can buy a piece of art at an art festival just because I like the way it looks and I can come home and I can hang it up on my wall and I can enjoy it. Um, the problem with digital art is, is that I don't have to spend a cent if I just want to enjoy the beauty of something. I can get a big screen and put it on my wall and I can just take it for free. I can take that image for free, not spend a dime on it, and I can enjoy it all day long. So for there to be value where someone's going to spend money on an NFT, it's it's got to be more than just something that's really cool to look at because the, the utility, that utility of it doesn't exist, um, at least in terms of whether or not someone's going to pay for it because the technology allows you to use it as much as you want for your own personal use. Um, so... You know, I try and I try to explain that to people. And that's honestly, that's something I've learned from you is this, you know, is the idea that, you know, your, your art has to be more than just what the person's looking at. And, and you know, I'm I'm kind of in a unique situation um, because, you know, my art and what I do is so singular to me um, that it, it is a little I'm in a different situation than a lot of other people. And, and there's there's tens of thousands of digital artists out there. Um, all competing with each other in the same medium, whereas I'm I'm the only one really in my particular medium. So it's a little bit diff of a different story. But if I was in their shoes, man, I'd be 
I'd be focusing 90% of my efforts on all this other stuff um, and 10% of my time on, you know, the, the actual work that I do, at least if I'm expecting people to want to collect it um, and, and for there to be some sort of long-term value to it. I mean, there's, there's a million artists out there who can make art that looks like, you know, what people makes, right? It's, it's that he was early and that he was consistent and he, you know, he does topical things and he built up something around his name and his brand and all that stuff. Um, you know, and I think with this bear market and let me know if you agree. Um, I, I think that it's, it's, I look at it like an amazing opportunity because I came in to this space, you know, in the, in the middle of a bull rush where everybody was coming in. And I remember feeling very jealous of the people who were involved with it in 2019, 2020. Um, and being like, man, I wish I, I wish I had, you know, cause I had heard about it. I was like, I wish I had gotten into it then. This is that same moment, right? Would you agree that like the moment we're in now is very similar to the way things were in like 2019 and the people who drop out, the people that walk away, I think are going to regret it. No doubt. No doubt. And there's going to be a couple more of these. There's going to be a couple more bulls, a couple more bears, until it finally really sticks with some with some people and resonates. But, you know, <clears throat> it's the it factor. The it factor follows you everywhere you go. You could be a football player. There's tons of them. Not everybody's going to be a badass football player. There are football players that actually suck at playing football, but they've made millions of dollars for some reason. There are tall basketball players who suck at basketball, but their height has given them an advantage to be one of the best centers or one of the best rebound. I mean, the it factor follows you in wrestling. There are technical wrestlers that would put people to shame, but there are also wrestlers who know how to drive the crowd in sales, and musicians are the same way. There are people who suck and people who are great. And that's the thing. It's this it factor of understanding that no matter what market you're in, you have to find some way for yourself to be unique. If I tell you, and, and, and nobody can stop this, if I tell you, hey, bro, let's pay for this blade of grass, and you look across the field and there's millions of blades of grass, it's a saturated market, this grass market. There's no possible way that I can feel like I'm going to convert you on a sale of a grass patch because you love grass, but yet all this grass is available. You're going to look and say, V, let me get back to you. I'm going to go explore this other grass. There's no shortage of art. Unfortunately, for all the art makers, the art lovers, my chambos, everybody who's just fucking fabulous at art, there's no shortage of art. There's no shortage of grass. There's right, no but you shortage know what? of errors. There's, there's only one chambo though, and that's and it's such an interesting example you used because he I think unlike a lot of other people, he I feel like I think he's done a great job at creating a persona and that's what I was um, gonna get into is that right? he's a trad artist, but there are gonna be people like Chambo who will never be able to get what he does. They'll say, I do art like him, I do it like him. He's a trad artist, he's a traditional artist, he can compete with you at galleries, he can compete with you in the real world. But the difference is, is he's understood the whole masking persona, the gimmicky, I'm Chambo. He says it all the time. I'm fucking Chambo. Yeah, I'm so this great. And that. I love it. He's got little taglines <laughs> for you to remember him. So when you think of trad artists, 
because there's going to be your Marcus, Jimmy, Johns, Lisas, Tammies, and then there's going to be your AKA Chambo. First of all, the name's going to run you. The mask is going to run you. The art's going to run you. He's active. It runs you. He has a network. And so, but when you look at that, you can't be a trad artist and think, oh, I should be able to be where he's at. Well, should you? Or are you willing to go that extra mile? And there's still a lot more to go. But for him to fall into that and embrace it as a trad artist, people like AI, people like Claire Silver that actually come in and they own the AI sector. They say, I am AI. Like there's no AI without me. If there's a battle about it, they're there for their craft. Those people are not doing it because they're going to win the battles. They're there because they want you to remember them as a general at the first battle. And when they do that, it's memorable. And and you got yep. to be able to be willing to be memorable, man. Absolutely. And you know what? But before we wrap up, the, I think this is a this is a great example and a great analogy that I think your you in particular are going to love, right? When when people think about the average person, right? When the average person thinks about Hulk Hogan, right? This is what they think of. All right, I'm going to go down the list. They think of Hulkamania. They think of red and yellow. They think of uh, him, him ripping his shirt open, right? Ripping the shirt apart, right? They think of him doing the the the, the thing where he, with his with his hand where he's listening to the the crowd and he's flexing. They think about uh, what you're gonna do. They think about all that stuff, and then way down on the list, they think about the leg drop, right? It, it's like <laughs> he's he's not even uh, Stone Cold is the same way. You can yeah, do the I mean, whole rundown with Stone Cold. It's the beer. It's the three. That's it, dude. Uh, absolutely, the yeah. Undertaker. Mm -hmm. And pro wrestling is such a great study for anybody for looking media. into this stuff. Yeah. There's very few pro wrestlers who became popular based on their skill alone. Yes. I, there may be one or two. Um, and, you, get you, know, a that's technical, not you get a technical wrestler like Brett the Hitman Hart, right? He came out the dungeon. He was a technical wrestler. He yep. had all this skill as an artist, but then he still had that classic gimmick where he would put it on. He still had that, that charisma. He still battled some of the best. He still knew how, but then you go to somebody who was a little bit more technical, like Arn Anderson, who had to go through the four horsemen and hide behind Ric Flair. And so you have right. it, it's it's social yep. media is pro wrestling, but you know what's crazier? The whole world is pro wrestling now. It's not just it, social media. It is. You know That's that right. real marriages and relationships are wrestling. I mean, a true healthy relationship and correct me if i'm wrong is going to be when you understand you're right but you understand you need to be wrong at this time so you need to go ahead and play that part like a wrestler and say absolutely you, know what? you got it man i'm I'm sitting over here my wife my wife just made a huge heel turn on me where did that come from exactly sometimes i make the heel turn you know and what i mean i'm looking where's Where's the, the ref, first of all? <laughs> hey, friends are the same way. Like, you don't think of that when, when you call me and you have a bad day, you don't think I can shut you down and say, hey, bro, that's enough. I've had a bad day, too, here and there. But you play the wrestling. It's not being fake. It's playing the, the whole world is wrestling. It's by saying, hey, man, what's going on with you, brother? Oh, man, that's Yeah, the world's shit. a stage. Yeah, the world's a stage. There you go. And depending and I, on yeah. how you act on it will be how memorable you are. That doesn't mean... You have to go, you know, breaking your morals or codes or values. That's different. 
That's trying right. to hit the Absolutely. stage. That's trying to hit the stage. And I hate to say it like this, but unfortunately, I believe that all this crazy stuff in America happens because the news puts these people on stage. And so if you think about it, oh, these yeah, people absolutely. have been loners their whole life. They've never been famous. They've never been popular. The best popular way is to get the bang on the way out because at least they're talked about as somebody. And I believe it's a lonely sort of, I'm not popular on social media, but let me be popular by pulling this stunt. And that's where I'm saying like, the world is hungry for fucking attention. Look at what's happening in Russia with Putin and the other guy. The only reason that blew out of proportion, because the whole world saw it. If the whole world never saw that, nobody would even care what was going on. I think there's but a lot of truth to that, actually. Because yeah. it's a stage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's conflicts going on all over the place no one's ever heard of. And no one even knows what's exactly. going on with them. And countries look being at, taken at, over by other countries. And no one even were saying knows about, about the, it. What about that ocean disaster when there were other things happening? But the idea was oh, yeah. it captured the attention because of what people, they weren't worried that real people were getting murdered. They weren't worried that a child was snatched in a different neighborhood because that happened when that happened for sure somewhere. But what and they guess what happened? Cover, guess, guess what happened after that whole event was going on? What? Titanic showed up on Netflix. Did you know that? Well, and see, and, and what does that, that go back to? That goes back to one of those presidential comments where they said um, every every controversy or everything shouldn't be wasted. It's a, it's a moment of opportunity, right? And so, you know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's where you come. You know, no crisis should be wasted. Everything's an opportunity. COVID is a crisis that, that involved opportunity. These NFT bear markets involve opportunity for people to pull scams and pull the wool People are so hungry for getting on the stage that they're willing to, um, again, they're willing to, unfortunately, the Karens of this world are willing to insert themselves in another conversation or in another happening just so they, they can feel important and call 911 or just so that they can jump online and say something happened to them. Because, again, the world is hungry for that viewership. They can't get it any regular way. So they turn into these lies. And, and I mean, look at all these people coming back and claiming what they did in college. Again, I'm not against that stuff, but let's be real here. Some of it is so freaking sensational and it's for the viewership. Somebody's telling them that they can make a freaking whole lot of money by exposing X, Y, and Z. And they do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think an important distinction here to make too is, is that just because you know, the, the, this whole, and let's, you know, let me narrow it down, just right back down to the NFT space, just because there's an element of performance involved, uh, doesn't make it necessarily like you're a fake or a phony. Yeah. Um, to me, there's, there's a lot of fakers and phonies out there and they're the people that are hiding behind anonymous names and pictures and, you know, won't talk about who they really are. Um, and you know, the difference between someone like a stone cold, Steve Austin and a Hulk Hogan and, you know, some other guy that just, you know, a, a, you know, I don't want to disparage anyone, but like, you know, a Papa Shango or something that didn't really make it. Or um, let, me, let me use a better example. Just another wrestling example. Mabel. Remember Big King Mabel? Remember yeah. him? The big, big, big guy. You know, the, the, the real difference is that he didn't care about what he was doing. Someone like a Stone Cold and a, and a Hulk Hogan, they poured everything into it. They cared about what they were doing more than anybody. Um, and that's why they were successful. They were believable 
And because the thing that was true and the thing that was real was how much they loved what they were doing and how much they cared about it. All the other performance stuff, it, it, it's it's great. It's entertainment. People enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it's the people like the, you know, the, the King Mabels, you know, or whatever that, um, you know, that people people sniff that stuff out pretty quickly when they realize, you know, this this guy's doesn't this this guy doesn't even believe what he's doing, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, and I, all look, that's I, I think, gonna be driven off. I think all that's driven off of pure passion. Like it's yes. like it's like it's like um, you know, wakeboarding is not the easiest thing when you get out there. So you got to be willing to get on that wakeboard 10, 15, 20 times, and the passion of you wanting to achieve it will allow you to finally wakeboard. Snowboarding's the same way. You think you can do it? It's it's really hard. And so fishing's also the same way. It's something that if you're not gonna have the passion or the patience. You're not going to be able to do the flipping the stick or pulling the jig or slamming the big dog off the tree because those things come out of passion. And so, again, back to the wrestlers like Stone Cold and stuff, you're not going to be fig- you're, you're not going to be able to get, which, by the way, King Mabel, I do have to add, he did figure it out with Basura or, or like somebody else later on that was way bigger than King Mabel itself. But, again, if you're not willing to stick with that passion so that you can go from the ringmaster to Stone Cold to where you would be giving up at the ringmaster – because your passion wouldn't let you allow to develop a character like Stone Cold or like somebody like The Undertaker who wouldn't be able to stick with it or vice versa. These people have a dying, it's a different, like Gary V. Gary V has a passion to be successful. It doesn't matter how many times you step on them. It doesn't matter if you tell them it's not going to work. It doesn't matter if you cancel them out of NFT. His passion is going to persevere, and I think, that's where you get to where the fakes and the phonies are the people that are willing to play a certain part for however long it takes to win the reward, but they're never going to work on it behind closed doors, right? Like people who leave that my is job, it right there. Yep. Yeah. People who leave my job, they're nine to five, they get paid nine to five, and there's nothing against them. They enjoy their family, they enjoy going out, they go in. Me personally, I'm going to go home and work harder so that tomorrow my job is easier. So when I come in and I'm joking and I'm dancing and I'm doing, people are like, man, how does this guy get all these tasks and work done? They don't understand that my passion allows me to go home off the clock to finish something that benefits me on the clock. But if you don't got the passion to sit in front of a screen and tackle Excel files, because truthfully you're a, 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 PC orientated. I'm better than Excel. I need to show them. You're never going to make it. You'll simply just log in and out of Excel and that'll be all you need. And that's fine because there are people like that. But again, in the NFT space, even, even AI, 3D, it doesn't matter. If you see other people wrestling and taking those matches in front of you, why wouldn't you grab the microphone next Monday? I would. And so that's, that's where you have to be in your mind. You know what I mean? You know, Will uh, Will Farrell used to do this thing when he was on SNL, and um, he used to. The legend legend has it, and I have some inside information on this. But he he used to wear a pager when he was on stage, and he'd have somebody sitting in the audience. And when when it when somebody else on the stage was was sort of upstaging him or was starting to to really get rolling. Some someone would page him, and he'd get a little buzz, and he would know to take it up another notch. Like these are the kinds of things that people do, 
in order to be the best at what they do. And of course, it really does come down to passion. And uh, you've got plenty of it, man. And, um, you know, before before you go, please, please, please tell everyone listening uh, where they can follow you and how they can follow you. And just talk briefly about all the different things you got going on, because you got quite a few things going on. Talk about all those different things and how people can follow you. First of all, everything at NFT Freaks. NFT Freaks will become a digital media empire. It'll just basically become a staple into the art industry, digital art industry. We're building products around it. We're building um, schools around it, uh, knowledge base. Uh, We're building projects. I mean, think of NFT as a root. Think of Freaks as a root, a big sequoia tree, many different branches. These branches are all opportunities that I had but that I do not develop by myself. This is a big misconception about Freaks. Freaks enables a lot of different branches to work for themselves. If those branches don't perform, we never get to see what comes out of them. I'm only one man, but I'm a big conductor of an entire orchestra. You take something like a Sly Guys, for instance. If Sly Fly McCartney, which is the project head and L Rock the Artist, mismatch or miscommunicate, it will look as if freaks drop the ball. But you're forgetting that the real branch and the real tree is surviving off of two other individuals. NFT freaks is all me. Everything you see, Venom, uh, Prompt Rumble, anything that you see me build is going to be mine. But I create these branches of opportunity. Sly Guys is one with L Rock and Sly Fly McCartney. Just Remember Comics, which, by the way, works like The Simpsons, works like Beavis and Butthead, works like Tom and Jerry. It's simply an artist latching on to an early opportunity that nobody has seen grow yet. It's a risk. We're saying that if Slyfly ends up becoming as big as Beavis and Butthead or Tom and Jerry or Ren and Stippy or any of these classical cartoon characters that you know are worth millions if not billions of dollars if this character comes about artists like pablo who are able to draw in a comic series called just remember comics on a 50 50 split deal that means they never capture a ceiling which means that you know a lot of artists come to me they want flat rates a lot of people want to get paid they want i don't roll like that i'm building real opportunities with no ceilings which mean that if Pablo's creations with Sly Fly McCartney at the head go to, let's say, a million-dollar worldwide deal, the artist has broken off half a million dollars in a 50-50 split deal. Why? Because it's the power of NFT. It's about giving power directly to the creator. I don't have an overhead. I don't have a marketing department. I don't have Paul, Susie, Steve, and Tom on top of me. It's just V. And V's allowed to create opportunity for Pablo. And so if you see Just Remember Comics, it's a 50-50 split deal. The artist and the head project, Sly Fly McCartney, under one cause, under one effort, it's called Just Remember Comics, and they're earning, and they're making a way, and they're trying to create a memorable presentation. It's my creme de la creme, Sly Fly McCartney, L Rock, Just Remember Comics, I got Tweetville, which is my own personal project, controversial tweets. It's on pause right now until we get to a decentralized marketplace. I got Prompt Rumble, which is going to be an art competition which artists can get involved in. It gives them a free way to earn. 
The idea is to build so many of these free resources and start putting these artists into positions of becoming full-fledged bosses. I mean, imagine this. I play the game like a gardener. I go to my backyard, which is NFT Freaks, and I'm planting all kinds of different vegetables. Sly Guys, Tweetbill, Venom, my personal, Prompt Rumble. We're not saying that everything in the garden will grow into Jack the Beanstalk. What we're saying is that the opportunity is so live. It's so loud. It's so alive. The energy is so hard to contain that the opportunities are so big that there's possibly, and I mean, I, I challenge anybody, I don't possibly think there's a way to lose. Because even if I lost on one jalapeno, I still have a tomato growing. You can find me at NFT Freaks. You can find me at Net Genius Kid. You can find my company at 5K Blocks. You can find my other company at Sly Guys NFT, which is my personal project with friends, Elrock, Sly Fly McCartney, and NFT Freaks. And dude, the rest is history. I've helped people make millions of dollars. I've helped artists make hundreds and thousands of dollars. I've never taken a dime for my efforts. Yes, people have split the bills with me. Yes, people have kicked me back from their own hearts. But no, I have never, ever in my life taken a cut of anything I've done in the NFT community. And I believe that's powerful to understand because when you understand you can come in here and freely work with the understanding that other people are hustlers just like you, it should be mandatory. It should be mandatory to understand that for this conversation, it took both of us, me and you, an hour of our time and nobody paid us directly. So that means that when I log off this conversation with you, Eric, I'm going to go share you in an effort to make up for my hour-long time with you. Will it turn into money? No. But will it feel good that this time that I've spent with you was not done in vain? A million percent. And what comes from that? That's up to the Lord. I appreciate you having me, brother. Anytime, man. Thanks for coming on. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll see you out there in Web3, man. Thanks again. Hey, man. Last but not least, I know you run this podcast, but I love your art. I love the pizzas you make. I love how you're pizza-fying different certain personalities. Obviously, you understand it. I think that anybody listening to you should be extra bullish because of the conversations you're having now with other individuals. This is only going to grow you. It's only going to make the pizza game stronger. So I'm excited to see you grow, bro. And that's it. Just want to sign off like that. Thanks, man. This is the Just Listening Podcast. I got to go. Go where? We just got I got that thing. I got to go. With pizza artist Eric John. Uh, wait a couple of minutes. We'll all leave together, okay? This way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time. Please like, share, and subscribe.